Welcome to Why the Hell Are We Friends? I'm Ellis. And I'm Mudge, and we really shouldn't be friends. Mudge is a spiritual guru and loves nothing more than running healing workshops and staring at the stars. Whereas Ellis is a staunch non-believer and can be found regularly staring at me blankly when I talk about crystals and spirits. But despite our spiritual differences, we get on like a house on fire. Or twin flames. Hmm, you've lost me on that. Don't worry. Anyway, join us each week as we scrutinise each other's life choices. Expect horoscope hang-ups, crystal ball conundrums, and my futile attempts to indoctrinate Ellis into the world of spirituality. Before we get any further, what was Twin Flames about? So the idea is that some souls split in half before they come into their human form and so two people will essentially wander the earth looking for the other half of their soul when you meet this person it's like a crazy intense attraction the union of the soul okay (laughs) (laughs) do you actually understand any more after that description probably not (laughs) i was looking at you intently in the eyes trying to get my head around it i guess like you kind of have to go back to understand if you don't believe in reincarnation, i.e. that a soul <laughs> incarnates into a body and that's how you start this life, then the whole premise of a twin flame just disappears because that's a core principle. Is a twin flame a real flame? No. So, okay. for example, <laughs> for there's no flame. Rewind. There's no flame. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. I suppose we should probably start this podcast by saying, how the hell we know each other? I don't want to say we're twin flames. <laughs> oh, okay. But there definitely was a, a soulmate connection, I would say, mm-hmm. from the minute I met you back at school, you were age 11, maybe. I was like, ah, there's something special about this girl. <gasps> She's so cool. And I really wanted to be your friend. And I remember when you invited me to your birthday party. <laughs> And I was really scared because you're in a different class and I didn't really know the people who were going to that party. But I was like, I've got to go because <laughs> I really want to be friends with her. <laughs> Actually, I remember that birthday party. I think you gave me a pair of earrings. Do you still have them? And I, I think I've got, this is really sad, only half of them. I think I lost one of the earrings. But I remember they had like a really beautiful, possibly purpley red kind of gemstone in them and I was like that's a really like beautiful gift and I don't know it was looking for its other twin flame for the rest of eternity (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we've been friends then for 20 years ish Mm. that's quite that's quite a long time isn't it it's quite a long time and it's been a like a wild journey as well I think we've both (laughs) changed a lot in that time period we're both unrecognizable to our 11 year old selves we've blossomed into delightful young women one of us has (laughs) you that 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 wasn't me being a bitch (laughs) about you so you've blossomed i probably have gone the other way but alas so i'd say you have blossomed into what i now know is quite a spiritual being But do you think that you've always been kind of spiritual since I knew you at 11 years old or even before that? No, definitely not. I think when we were first friends, we probably did have more in common. Mm. I was 
completely, I don't want to say atheist, maybe even non-theist, like anti-religion in my views. When I look back, I was like not in a good headspace mentally. And I think that negative stuff going on internally shaped my world view. And as I kind of came out of that, that's when I started to see the magic that is happening all around us at any <laughs> given moment. What, right now? Uh, there's been some magic today. Is it behind me? <laughs> is it above me? <laughs> is it between us? Where are... It's inside of you. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> uh, what an expecting that there. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a spiritual person? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not really guilty looking at you when I say that. I'm not. We're not the same. Where the hell are we, friends? No, I would say I am a sceptical person and I probably would class myself as like a, an atheist. I don't, I don't believe in like any kind of God or anything like that. I do think scepticism is healthy as well. I think it's dangerous to just like blindly accept and trust stuff that's handed to you on a plate. But then I also think that you lose some of the, the joy and the beauty of being alive when you think everything is just a sequence of random coincidences. So basically, is this podcast your way of trying to... Convert you. Convert me. To okay, the church great. of mud. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's, let's just go on the journey together. Great. <laughs> Why the Hell Are We Friends is the name of this podcast. What's it going to be about? We have loads of interesting discussions about our... Do we? <laughs> I would so humbly say... Yeah. ...about our differing worldviews. Mm -hmm. And we thought it would be interesting to share some of those polarising opinions <laughs> on different topics. Yeah. So one week we might talk about sex. The next week we might talk about tarot cards. This week... Dancing! Tell me about some of the spiritual-ish dancing that you have done in your life. I guess the main one is ecstatic dancing. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is this the peep show kind of thing? Oh my God, it's exactly like that. It's okay. so similar to that. And it's so weird because I remember watching that episode when I was younger, just thinking, oh my God, why would anyone do that? Flash forward 10 years. So this is when Mark... Off a peep show goes ecstatic dancing, which from my perception of that episode, it's basically going into a room where there's those of like flashing colourful lights and like wobbling your hands around and just losing your inhibitions. But for me to go to that with the serious intention, I'm mm. like, ah, who's going to be there? <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you on your own in a room. <laughs> Um, but this this is what you did for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one important distinction is that most of the time they are sober. So everyone's completely lucid. <laughs> and the idea is that you move your body how you want to move your body. Sometimes there's little prescriptive elements like expressing certain emotions. But most of the time it's just you're here, this is your space get lost in the music and move your body whichever way you want to. So if I was to be at an ecstatic dance with you mm. and I were to start kind of grinding my hips up towards you, would that be acceptable? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the ones where it's prescriptive, they might say, okay, we're moving into the lovers section now, for example. 
if you would da, like da, to da, dance. Da, da. <laughs> And they would extend the invitation, like, if you would like to dance with someone, please make your way over to them. And But most of the time, that stuff happens or doesn't happen organically. And they'll give you little physical cues. So I've seen it done where if someone comes up to you and tries to grind on you and you are not feeling that energy, you would just, you know, put your hands together and just bow your head like a little bow of gratitude. Thank you, but no thank you. Thank you, but please kindly fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And if they still don't get the message, then you look them in the eye and you would give a kind of pushing, two pushing, not physically touching them, pushing motion with your hands as if to indicate like, not welcome, step away. Like a high 10, but a definitely don't touch me high yes. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So they'll teach you sort of how to reject someone and stuff like consent is super important as well. Mm, that makes sense. Said birthday party, I came to the first bit of your birthday, which was <laughs> an experience in itself. Um, <laughs> I arrived at your flat, went in and there was some very zen music playing and I was greeted by a floor of people sitting cross-legged. And it was, yeah, very chilled, very mellow, very polite conversation. And then everyone else went off to the ecstatic dance. And conveniently, I was actually working that night. So unfortunately, I couldn't make it. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you hadn't been working, would you have come to the ecstatic dance? Don't lie to me. You know, what? I, I actually would have come. I would have come to experience it. I don't know how comfortable I would have felt when I was there. How many minutes? Oh, Do you think you would have lost it? I think I probably would have, I would have maybe done that thing of like standing on the side, like when you're at like an awkward school disco, just kind of assessing the situation first. So then maybe I would have like wiggled my shoulders in and like, I don't know, but then it would have depend who, who was there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should, I'm not going to definitely say I would do it, but may, but I wouldn't, it's not no. And to be honest, we have talked about the idea of, forcing each other to do things outside of our comfort zones for material for this podcast so that could be one for you okay we'll put it on the list (laughs) (laughs) what do you get out of an ecstatic dance though personally why should why should i go why should i try it i mean i literally feel ecstatic doing it (laughs) the clues in the name (laughs) (laughs) like this feeling of euphoria it's like being high that is how you feel when you really allow yourself to fully go where you want to go rather than the way that you usually dance when you're like in a bar or in a club there's a sense of moving for the music or moving for how other people might perceive you it's not you completely free form and that feeling of like being totally liberated and somewhat unhinged is it's it's powerful what do you think your facial expression is like when you're doing it i actually have caught sight of myself sometimes because i'll do it at home just in my flat as well okay. and often like my like jaw is hanging open like <laughs> I, saliva dripping down scary scary to witness okay have you ever done it in your flat on your own and someone's like walked in on you i guess you you live on your own so the chances are low but but maybe maybe you might have had a- <laughs> if someone walked in on me i'd be more worried about being seen i'd be like how the fuck did you get into my flat <laughs> i have had it where like i've done it in public places as well like i might go into one of the parks in london and just dance listening to music and 
I close my eyes so I can't see all the people staring at me. <laughs> but occasionally someone's come like just un- slightly too close, like uncomfortably close. And when that's happened, I've felt like a moment of self-consciousness, like, oh God, remembering I'm out and about in the normal world with normal people doing things that are considered weird. Do you like dancing? I love dancing, actually. Um, I I go to a weekly salsa and Zumba class. Only thing about the Zumba class uh, is that there is a guy that comes to the Zumba class and every week he seems to be talking to a different girl in the class. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's like... And to be fair, that happens at ecstatic dance as well. There's always one dude who's got there trying to pick up and <laughs> completely miss the point that it's like, you know, you, your process. He, well, maybe that is his process. He's there, like, to hunt. Yeah, yeah. So something I did over the weekend was a dynamic meditation, which does incorporate quite a lot of dance into it. But the idea is that you consciously work through all your different emotions and express them and one of them is your sensuality Mm. your sexuality and that is the bit where the guy who's there to hunt will make himself known to the other women and it's a weird thing because actually in that setting you can almost enjoy the feeling of connection intimacy that you can share with the person but then it stays within that space um I did actually have like a nice connection with a guy there boy um but afterwards he asked my number and even just in speaking to him outside of the setting of the meditation I was like oh this doesn't feel quite the same way that it did when I was screaming in your face 10 minutes ago it transpired that he is 44 still sleeping with his ex-girlfriend and has a child oh no that is all terrible but what you've just said there about this, the screaming in his face, we need to rewind on this. What's so screaming and what's the, what's the circumstances of this? Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I assumed some prior knowledge there. You, you just casually dropped in that you were screaming in a man's face. Um. <laughs> so what's the link here with dancing? The expression of everything inside you that you usually suppress through movement, through using a voice as well and so the first emotion targeted was anger so the exercise was you basically walk around the space stop in front of another human being look them in the eye and then release all the pent-up anger that you had inside of you and so yeah that was where our connection started looking each other in the eye and just screaming free form you know what you did you know what you did and you knew you knew like this kind of thing I, I lost my voice for two days after that <laughs> oh my god and did it feel good it felt so good it felt so good to get that unhinged and disturbed and express that much rage and for, to, for someone to still be attracted to me like that in itself felt really healing it was like oh my god wow there are people in this world who can handle this amount of unhinged insanity why could you not do that in the mirror to yourself, in the in the comfort of your own home, does it need another human being there to make it feel that level of like, OMG, this is amazing. I'm getting this out of my system. I think you can and you should. Scream at other people. <laughs> Scream at other people as you go about your day to day. You should release that stuff privately as well. It needs to come out and there isn't always another human being that's 
open and comfortable being screamed at. (laughs) But there was something in being seen in your messiness, your chaos, the stuff that we're so often ashamed of, to be able to air that publicly and still feel a sense of unconditional acceptance and love, I think everyone needs to experience that. So we'll add that to the list of things that we're doing as well. Adding that to the list. And what what do I call that, sorry? Dynamic meditation. Okay, let me just add that to the list then. Dynamic meditation. Great, that's down. Um, How did it feel with someone screaming in your face? Because you're doing it simultaneously, you can't hear what the other person is saying and they're not listening to what you're saying either. (laughs) So you're making eye contact, so you feel like you're being seen, but in reality, you're so focused on your your own experience that you aren't really taking in what's coming at you. Can we do one A trial. trial? Shall we do a trial? Okay. You're going to have to turn the mics down there. Okay. So set, set it up for me. Like, what's... How does it start? Okay, so we'd stand opposite each other... We look each other in the eye. You've got slightly bent knees, kind of soft position in the body. And then clenching your fist, you do an almost like as if you were going to bang your fist on the table, but in the air motion, like like this, like you're you're angry, you're angry. And for a first timer, they would recommend that you pick prescribed phrases like no or I'm angry. And you just repeat that, repeat that. If you feel stuff coming up that you want to say usually it's everything that you haven't said when someone or something has pissed you off oh my god this could be very revealing <laughs> it just starts to it starts to cut you loaded that dishwasher wrong <laughs> like, there were three empty seats on the tube why did you sit the one next to me this kind of thing like allow yourself to express rage in your day-to-day life but but it prickles it prickles you a little bit okay great i'm gonna stand up and you stand up and we'll we'll give it a go okay okay so bent knees slightly bent so you're kind of like in a soft position and the important thing when you're projecting is like you don't want to do it all from the throat as i learned the hard way or you lose your voice for several days instead you want to kind of use the energy as if you're making the sound from the pit of your stomach from like the the jj upwards basically yeah drawing it up and then you'll express no no Trying to look me in the eye when I'm doing this as well. Also, can I just say, we're, we're currently in my flat in my living room, and God knows what the neighbours are going to think. Oh my God, they're going to think we're having a big bust. Let's hope that the police don't turn up. I, I have never seen that side of you. I, I think anyone's seen that. Um, yeah, no, I don't think anyone's seen that side of, side of me. I mean, do you feel oh, scared? I feel a little feel? bit scared. I feel like um, the, the blood is pumping through my veins. Like, my fingers feel like wobbly with the like physical mm, maybe that means that there's more to there's more to, more to come i, I, I sure. to be honest i i was so distracted by by the, <laughs> your level of rage that i i I, ba- I i backed down i think i said maybe one no and i just i just i kind of froze and kept doing the like hand movement but um i should have i should have not gone as intensely i went full pelt there i went full pelt there i knew i was on mic i wanted to get the full experience in 
you should have gone gently so that you could release what you needed to release. Oh, I think I need a little lie down after that. So let's take a break, catch our breaths, and we'll be back shortly with the first appearance of Mystic Mudge. Do you like that name? I'm a bit worried I'm going to disappoint people with how unmystical my advice is, but yeah, it can stay. Mystic Mudge is going to answer your crystal ball conundrums after this. Welcome back to Why the Hell Are We Friends? You calmed down a bit now. I have caught my breath, yes. And I've got some crystal ball conundrums for you, Mystic Mudge. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do we need to do anything to get in the spiritual Mystic Mudge zone? Yeah, let me just summon some support from my guardian angels and guides. Okay, they're here. Oh, thank God. (laughs) So this one's from Gemma. Hi, Mystic Mudge. How do I know if I've met my soulmate? You're going to hate my advice already. (laughs) The first thing I would say is, do you need to know? Do you really need to know? Generally, the feeling of needing to know comes from a place of needing to control the outcome. And when we surrender that, we can just be present, enjoy getting to know this person and see how that journey unfolds. I also think you have more than one soulmate. Soulmate, that, you, that there is one soulmate. That's what we've been fed in the movies, isn't it? Yeah, and that's very different to the spiritual idea of a soulmate, which is that you have many oh. in a lifetime, some platonic, some romantic. And so the idea of the one, I mean, it's so, so unhealthy because we project this fantasy partner. And when someone falls short of that, we're very quick to say, oh, well, they can't possibly be my soulmate because my soulmate wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that. But the reality is all human beings are deeply flawed. We all have positive things and negative things going on inside of us. And being able to problem solve effectively, have things in common, shared values, purpose, compatibility are so much more important than the label of this person is my soulmate. It can actually be really unhealthy to even think about partners in those terms. What is a soulmate then in a spiritual term? In a spiritual sense, it's someone that you have a lot of shared things with on a soul level. So, you know, your age, your background, what you do for work, these superficial facets of human beings are less important than the vibration of the soul. When you speak to them, you kind of feel like, oh, we're talking the same language. And you may not even speak the same language, but there's a, a resonance between you that feels deeper than these superficial traits. So advice for Gemma is just don't even worry about it. Just don't. Relax. Yeah. Relax. Let go of the need to know. Remember that there's more important things than soul mates or soul resonance and be really honest with yourself about how does it feel? How are they treating you? Think about the things that run deeper than just that label. Love it, okay. Um, This could be a loaded question because obviously you are engaged. (laughs) Do you believe in the concept of soulmates? I I don't think I do, you know. I don't actually think I do. I think you can find someone... And I feel bad saying this, but I think I probably have told uh, my fiancé that he is my soulmate because it's a nice thing to say, right? It's a nice thing to say. But oh, I, I'm not convinced that that it's fate 
that there's one person for you to to me and that that's my opinion of what a soulmate is so mm. if i define a soulmate as someone who's like your one person that you're destined to fall in love with and all of that then um i probably don't i don't believe in that i think it's kind of just luck what about if you defined it as you have many but there's the, the connection is on a soul level yeah okay. do you believe in souls <laughs> soul is a soul to me is like a ghoul <laughs> um i've not got much more to say on the matter to be honest because I'm, I'm obviously a, a non-believer in soulmates okay atheist ellis how, <laughs> how would your advice differ so my advice for Gemma would be well she's asked how do i know if i've met my soulmate i'd probably just say Soulmates probably aren't a thing. Just go with the flow. Uh, Do you remember that? Weirdly similar advice, yeah. although you used way less words than I did. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> We've got another one here from Dan. So Mystic Mudge, what advice would you give to someone who wants to try out yoga but is nervous about giving it a go? My advice is going to be more general about trying something for the first time because I think everyone goes through this a little bit and remember that no one is looking at you literally everyone is thinking about themselves they're in their body self-conscious feeling exactly the same thing whether it's their first yoga class or they're a hundred they're still with their own experience and it really is a personal experience and the illusion that anyone is looking at you or that anyone cares about you i mean it sounds quite clinical when i say it like that but it's true no one no one gives a shit about you what about you atheist Alice? <laughs> i i do differ to you because i am really conscious when i do classes that people are looking at me and i am looking at other people <laughs> <laughs> i'm the knob in the corner <laughs> looking at everyone else and i have tried yoga myself out for the first time and i felt like a complete prick because everyone was super flexible and I was there with my curvilicious body trying to do the downward dog and barely being able to hold my body weight up. So I would say the way that I dealt with it was try and see the humor in the situation. Maybe people are looking at you. Maybe you're not doing the right thing, but just smile and think of it as a new experience and a bit of fun. Mm, and... To be fair, even if people are looking at you, judging you, thinking you look ridiculous, it's not like that's being broadcast. You, As long as you stay present with your own experience, you can detach from the need for other people's validation or approval. And I know that can be easier said than done, but the sooner you realise, oh, I actually can't control anybody else thinks about me, so why do I spend a second of my time worrying about it? Live your life, move your body do what you want to do. Before we go, I thought it would be fun to do something that I'm probably the most skeptical about, reading each other's horoscopes. So quickly, Wedge, what do you think of horoscopes? To be fair, I'm probably as skeptical as you. There's a distinction between astrology in general and horoscopes. In astrology, you have a different sign for each part of your personality. So humans are very complex. You might be 
one sign for your identity, but another sign for your emotional world and another sign for your communication style. Whereas a horoscope is designed so that each person is just one sign and they're written in a way that is so, so generic that anyone could apply to pretty much any person. I say these things and then often I do read them and think, that has happened to me this week. So all that said, let's let's give it a go. Okay, great. So first of all, star sign, I'm a Capricorn and you're a... Pisces. A Pisces. Okay. And actually, to be fair, this is very on brand for us because Capricorns are very sort of earthy and grounded down to earth, less interested in the kind of spiritual world, whereas <laughs> Pisces is very dreamy and up in the clouds and we are really fitting our stereotypes. <laughs> Okay, great. So I've just been given one from our producer. Let me read out your Pisces horoscope for the day. Your friends and family may look to you for an agenda today, dear Pisces, as the moon enters Capricorn and your solar 11th house. No idea what what the hell that is. This luminary placement will ask you to take a more authoritative role in your community, so don't hold back when it comes to outlining plans for the weekend. Your psychic abilities will dramatically increase in the coming weeks, so be sure to follow your guts. Okay, I have to say that does quite resonate. <laughs> it does quite resonate. It does. It does. This <sighs> evening, I'm doing a sound bath. Perhaps we'll talk more about that next episode. But this morning I saw a friend and he mentioned that he had no plans and I said, why don't you come? Why don't you come to the sound bath later? And it felt very authoritative. And even this bringing of people together, this community focus, like, hey, that's my day, that's my day. Okay, but what do you think about your psychic abilities will dramatically increase in the coming weeks? Like, would you consider yourself psychic? Definitely. I think, <laughs> I mean, 100%, absolutely. But I don't see myself as being exceptional in that I think all humans are. We're animals at the end of the day and psychic is just another word for intuitive. Have you got one for me then, my Capricorn star sign? I do. It's on here. <laughs> oh, God. What is it? What is it? Sorry. Our producer has picked this one. He's picked so well. The stars will conspire in your favour today, darling sea goat. <laughs> what the hell is a sea goat? What's a sea goat? Because a Capricorn is a goat. Is it? Is a Capricorn a goat of the sea? Is it? According to this horoscope. Darling sea goat. As the moon glides into your sign early this morning, this luminary placement is also poised to elevate your popularity, making it a good time to charm your way to the top. Your correspondence will pick up this afternoon when Mercury moves into Scorpio, activating the sector of your chart that governs community. Expect your friendship circle to expand in the coming weeks, but be selective of who you're vulnerable with. The vibe will be right for a little bit of romance later tonight. (laughs) You know what? When Luna blows a kiss to Venus. My fiancé is going to a wedding tonight. (laughs) Um, and we'll be coming back probably completely out of it. 
So maybe that is the perfect recipe for, for a romance. bit of romance. Yeah. Or if I do come with you to the sound bath that you mentioned earlier. Oh, my, you're dropping into the... I'm telling you to come to the sound bath and experience the community. You're going to make some new friends. You're going to make some new friends tonight. Or am I going to make romance at the sound bath? Is, oh. is this a really bad idea? <laughs> am I about to cheat on what he might be asked you why, you could be like, it was written in the stars. <laughs> Mystic Mudge said it, so did the horoscope. <laughs> it was out of my control. <laughs> That's all we've got time for in today's episode of Why the Hell Are We Friends? We'll be back next week with a new topic, more of your crystal ball conundrums, and to find out how accurate our horoscopes were. But until then, keep it spiritual. Or just keep it real. If you've got a crystal ball conundrum you'd like Mystic Mudge or Atheist Ellis' help with, just drop us a DM on Instagram at why the hell are we friends?